Previously on Myth, Tarot, Love, we examined the Knight of Pentacles and Pericles. On today's show, we will be looking at the Queen of Pentacles in Octavia. Myth and Tarot, where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, cards, and pentacles, and all of the above. Welcome to Myth, Tarot, Love, a show about ancient stories and new aged wisdom. I'm Biddy, your expert in classics. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everyone. Hello, everyone. I hope you're as caffeinated as I am. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other, maybe. Like, let's do this. I am caffeinated. I have things to say about the Queen of Pentacles. And I'm like, meh. <laughs> So whatever this day is looking like for you, uh, hopefully this can be a bright spot in it. Yay. Yay. So Queen of Pentacles, I I have so much to say about her. <laughs> I have so much to say yeah. about her. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's start off by describing the card. That would be a good, a good be, place to yeah. start, I think. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the Queen of Pentacles is... Um, she actually looks very similar to the Empress. Hmm. Oh, yeah. In some ways. Yeah. Like on the, like sitting on the throne. She's sitting on a throne. She's surrounded by flowers. She has, she looks larger than the scenery behind her. Mm -hmm. She looks almost larger than life. Um, where she's, where she differs is of course her dress. Um, so she's wearing, um, this, this red gown. She has this crown on her head. Uh, as well as what looks like, kind of like a veil that mm -hmm. is draped around her. And in her lap, she's holding a pentacle very lovingly, I have to say. Like, the way she holds the pentacle, it's almost like it's a child in her lap. And I think her gaze helps with that, too. Like, she's looking at it like a child, too. Yeah, it's like there's a, there's a very soft expression in her face, kind of a soft smile, um, you get, you very much get this impression that she's a very gentle and loving woman. And she is. Uh, she's also hardworking. Can I swear? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so she's hardworking as F, um, which, you know, the Queen of Pentacles probably wouldn't a approve of my swearing, but I always seem to do things that, like, the person I'm talking about won't really approve of, um, at least when it comes to the pentacles. Sorry, pentacles people. That your anarchist coming out a little there? Maybe. Maybe it's a, a little bit of uh, myself wanting to just, you know, toss the boat a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so the queen of pentacles is very earthy. She's very nurturing, and she is um, very motherly, even though she's not necessarily always a mother. She's not always representative of a mother, but she's, she's that mother figure type, if you will. Um, the kind of person that wants to look after everyone. She's very much motivated by other people doing well, and she is there to facilitate their success, if mm. you will. Mm -hmm. um, so she always comes up for me whenever I ask a question more than once. Like, <laughs> this is my own personal, like, when my own personal... Um, relationship with the queen of pentacles whenever yeah. I do tarot for myself and I ask a, the same question twice the second time it comes around the queen of pentacles comes in and I like in in the dragon 
Celtic dragon tarot deck, she appears very differently. She's she's a much older woman. Mm. And um, to me, it's like she's kind of looking me in the eye and saying, you know what to do. <laughs> like kind of like a granny kind of little twinkle in her eye. Um, also maybe a little bit stubborn saying <laughs> like, what are you doing? Why are you asking the same question twice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she normally will appear to people uh, in a lot of different situations, right? She'll appear to people who are in need of finding that kind of, that, that nourishing mother type figure in their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, often it will represent the person themselves, someone who is very nurturing and uh, wants, wants others to succeed. So this card often comes up in readings where people are asking a question that's not even about themselves. Oh, okay. so this card might appear as who they are. Um, if they're asking a question for someone else, that's happened. Uh, okay. That happens rather mm-hmm. often, actually, for tarot, at least with me. Um, that someone that you're giving the reading to, they're actually not getting the reading for, for themselves, but like for someone else. Yeah, or or like it like tells it'll give me kind of a, a clue to the fact that the person might be asking a question that's not necessarily in their own benefit. Uh, okay. A question that is that where they're trying to figure out how they can benefit someone else. Hmm. Is that because of the nurture, nurturing aspect? Yeah. Of, yeah. Of um, like the, the queen of pentacles is kind of a self-sacrificing mm. type, type of woman. Mm. Um, she's always thinking about other people. She's very diligent, very hardworking. Um, and she does it because it makes her happy. It makes her happy to see other people happy, especially, and she's, she's just such a loving person that it's very rare for her to come across people she doesn't love if that makes sense like mm-hmm. she's just um it's kind of like the whole world are, is her children in a way yeah um so she's just ever loving ever um nurturing and this is why I said she, she's not necessarily always a mother she's that mother figurehead mm-hmm. so what does it mean then if like someone were to get them and her in a reading well she often will show up she can show up in all all different kinds of places, right? Um, she can show up as a sign of pregnancy because she is very fertile. Mm-hmm. In um, she can she also shows up as um, a good balance between uh, someone who's good at managing wealth as well as uh, putting in good work, but in in the for the benefit of others, I'm going to say, right? So she can show up in the past or the future. Normally that will, that will be a kind of person that's in their life that, that very much, um, relates to that. She can also show up as an obstacle when she shows up as an obstacle. That's often also kind of a person that, um, actually there's a lot I can say about, uh, how the (laughs) queen of pentacles can be an obstacle. Okay. So, um, one thing that she also represents is the homemaker type of personality, right? Um, and that's gotten a lot of, I'm going to say pushback in recent years. Um, you know, feminism has done wonderful things and feminism is continuing to also fight for the homemaker as saying, hey, um, you know, women who are looking after children, stay at home moms, or, uh, who are looking after their husband, they have a place in our society, even though there's definitely this pushback against that, right? Mm -hmm. The Queen of Pentacles very much represents that role, the homemaker role. Um, The person who essentially uh, 
dedicates their life to other people doing well and creating an environment that is ideal for others to succeed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where she takes her pleasure. She's creating this nurturing um, environment where everyone who lives there can live happily. And she's often um, overlooked and she's often not acknowledged. And if she is acknowledged, she's ridiculed or put down. Um, but the, the true queen of pentacles doesn't doesn't really feel put off by this because this is who she is. This is what she has to do with her life. Right. Mm. Um, so. If she appears as an obstacle, um, this could be an aspect of yourself that you are also struggling with. Like the Queen of Pentacles, um, I'm going to say one negative aspect about her is that she can be overly concerned with security. Mm. Um, She can sometimes get a little bit fearful about uh, money matters in particular um, or like security, how to make ends meet um, and sometimes when she doesn't need to be she'll she'll be overly concerned with security too frugal yeah she might be a little bit too frugal sometimes uh thinking that it it's um like in in the benefit of others and thinking perhaps there's not enough or that she can't do enough that sort of thing um she'll she'll have this kind of self detrimental idea okay so it's it's almost like yeah she's doing everything for everyone else instead of taking care of herself so maybe a little bit of self-care yeah so there there definitely is a bit of self-care sometimes so if she comes up as an obstacle I would definitely have to look at some of the other cards to see which aspects it's talking about right um yeah so that's enough about queen of pentacles there let's move on uh talk a little bit more about the queen of pentacles personality type so I have associated her uh, as the other court cards. We, I like to associate them with Meyer Briggs personality types. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one this week is the ISFJ personality type, uh, which is sometimes called the defender oh. personality All type. Right. Um, so they are often, honestly, they make really good nurses. <laughs> Okay. Uh, they're they're often like talked about as being uh, really well suited to like kind of nursing roles where they're looking after other people, um, but yes, okay. So here are some strengths: they are supportive, reliable, and patient, imaginative and observant, enthusiastic, loyal and hardworking, uh, and they have good practical skills too. Um, some of their weaknesses are that they're humble and shy; they might take things too personally. They repress their feelings, they can overload themselves, they're reluctant to change, and maybe too altruistic. Mm. So definitely uh, some overlap here between the ISFJ and the queen, the queen of pentacles. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, so the queen of pentacles uh, is very hardworking, and since she is a pentacles card, um, she is also very good with money. Um so this kind and that's kind of part of the her role as the homemaker as well. Um, but I found that the best description I've ever heard of the Queen of Pentacles actually is from the Bible. Um, so Proverbs thirty one ten describes a worthy woman, and I think it's it's a very interesting description, and it it just describes to a T what the Queen of Pentacles is. Um, so how are we doing on time? Oh, we're good. Um, where are we? We're there. 
Okay, we might go a little bit over then. Yeah, lots of it. Okay, okay. So I'm going to read this Proverbs because I just think it describes the Queen of Pentacles very well. But before I do, I would like to say that there are many different kinds of ladies out there. And uh, just because this is one description of a a very worthy lady indeed, um, that doesn't mean that other ladies aren't worthy as well. Very much so. Yes. Very much so. So yes. I had to, I had to preface that. No, that's perfect. <laughs> and I think it's good just for everything that we say today that it's not. We're not saying that this is the way to be or this is the way not to be. This is yeah. just a way to be. Because in many ways, the Queen of Pentacles has definitely been the ideal. I'm going to say for like womanliness for many years, this has been kind of an idealized version of what women should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, the tarot does present many different, like, particularly four very different kinds of ladies and four very different types of men. Um, And then, of course, the pages and knights aren't really gender-based, but yes. Okay, Uh Um, so here we go. Also, I should mention that uh, many men also make very good uh, queens of pentacles out there. Yes. Yeah. My fiancé is one of them. (laughs) He's ISFJ? No. No, he's... I just meant he's good at, at those things. He's good at all those things. I'm not good at those things. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to necessarily be that personality type to be a queen of pentacles. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I should I should definitely mention that. We'll talk more about that next week. Okay. <laughs> we'll yeah. talk more about that next week. Okay. So here we go. Proverbs 31.10, the description of a worthy woman, uh, also the description of the queen of pentacles. So she is an excellent wife who can find... For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She doesn't. She does him good and not evil. All the days of her life, she looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She rises also while it is still night, and gives food to her household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. All right, so I'm going to stop there. (laughs) Okay. I think it really paints this picture of this woman who is... Doing all the things. Doing all (laughs) the things, right? She's managing finances. She is clothing everyone. She's feeding everyone. She's looking after everyone that she's in contact with. Um, She you know, doesn't sleep much, obviously, Mm because she's, she's rising before the sun and going to bed well after the sun has set, um, and, you know, working tirelessly, uh, and also happy to do it, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's very much this, 
idea. I also very much like the addition of the husband uh, who part of her being worthy is the husband has to praise her. Yeah. <laughs> you have to give proper you praise. Have to give proper praise. <laughs> it's interesting um, to note certain things like when you're saying that all of her household are, you know, have scarlet and that the linen is fine linen and purple. Mm-hmm. Purple in particular means that they would have been probably wealthy or had some money to put towards their clothing because that was the most, that was the rarest dye um, was to make something purple. Oh, so that's probably... So that's a sign of... Of, like, of wealth yeah. and uh, good fortune. Mm-hmm. But but also, like, it talks about how she's a bit of a merchant herself, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's selling mm-hmm. things and she's yeah. making money. and Well, she's making yeah. things, yeah, when they're saying, like, you know, she stretches her hands on the distaff and grips mm-hmm. the spindle. Like, she's making... She's making, like, um... She's making clothes, and yeah. yeah, and she's she's also selling things, mm-hmm. and she's also in charge of buying fields, like yeah. all these all these different tasks that are very business like, but it's all to uh, help her household grow. Yeah, it's right? called oikonomicus. Oikonomicus, <laughs> basically, oikos is house and economics. <laughs> Fantastic. So household economics, and that's exactly what the women were in charge of. Oh, so there's our word for mm-hmm. our word for the week. Um, it's it's a it's a very interestingly spelled word. So we're just gonna write that. We're just gonna write that in the description. <laughs> oikonomics. Oh. Yeah. So again, oikonomics. I keep. It sounds like it's just saying economics to me, but <laughs> oikonomikos. Yeah. Oikonomikos. Yeah. There we go. That's cool. Yeah. It's cool that the women were the ones that were in charge of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes people might think that's more of a masculine thing. You can be like, hey, look at these people. (laughs) (laughs) These people let their women do it. These people, yeah, said that that was a woman's job. (laughs) Yes. Yes. All right, uh, so who are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Octavia, so... I was noticing that before we started, this is the third week in a row that we're talking about a real live person, but that's okay. It's yeah, there's, there are real stories about real people. Exactly. So um, I, I don't have a whole, whole lot to say about her. Unfortunately, with the study of most real women in antiquity, there's just not a lot that was said about them by... The yeah. people that were writing, because the people that were writing were men, and it was also but, idealized that they wouldn't be, that they would be okay with that that sense of humility to not be to not yeah not, yeah. not necessarily be recognized. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. She was though. That that's kind of the cool thing about her is that she was definitely recognized as being like that ideal woman. woman and yeah. so that's why I definitely um thought okay yeah for <laughs> for the queen of pentacles she definitely fits um again yeah mostly for her loyalty or her nobility humility mm-hmm. and as well as just she really does portray those traditional roman feminine virtues so mm-hmm. like the pietas like the, her duty her fides her loyalty to her husband um to both both of her husbands, so she was married first when she was young, only fifteen, um, okay. and her her husband died um, some time later, and they had children together. Um, oh yes, also she was born. <laughs> Backtrack a little bit. Who the heck is she? Yeah. So Octavia um, was born in sixty nine B C. She is the oh now my voice is cracking. Um, 
She's the sister of Octavian, which we've talked about before because he was the first Emperor Augustus. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, So they were uh, brother, full brother and sister. And so that's, you know, his name is Octavian. She's Octavia because their father was Octavian and... Family names and yeah, those those names <laughs> won't won't cause any confusion. I'm sure not no, at all. None, and not <laughs> especially because her sister was also named Octavia because that's how things worked. So the one that I'm talking about today is known as Octavia Minor. Okay. So she's the second, basically, um, the younger of the two siblings. Um, so most, not maybe most importantly, but she is known as being the fourth wife of Mark Antony. So their marriage was interesting in that it was definitely a political setup. Um, Mark Antony and Octavian, after the death of Julius Caesar, they didn't get along very well. And so how do you, you know, make political relations better? You marry your sister to your rival. That, that works, course, right? Of course. That's, ex- that's what everyone does, That'll right? make everything better. <laughs> Nothing bad you're can come of that. You're family now. Yeah, you're family now. Have some kids. Like, everything <laughs> will be fine. Have some kids. Yeah. And um, they did. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely did. And what's actually really, I think it's pretty cool, is that their children um, went to be some pretty important people. So, so Octavia was the great grandmother of um, the Emperor Caligula, as well as the great great grandmother of the Emperor Nero, and grandmother of Emperor Claudius. So her ch- grandchildren, great grandchildren, all emperors. <laughs> she did pretty good. No kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. It's quite a few. Yeah. That's that's quite a few uh, successes there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think it, that it does speak to her ability, I guess, in raising children. Um, like I said, she was married to Mark Antony. And she knew, like, she did help, try to help with his relations with her brother. Um, tried to get troops to, for Antony. Um, tried to do as much as she could and, and was successful in some ways, but in some ways she definitely wasn't. But mm-hmm. for a woman, again, at that time, not really a whole lot she could do. She was supposed to, again, like you said, stay at home, run those around accounts, the household part, the yeah. um, Do the economics part. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but they did have children, obviously, together. And most people know Mark Antony for his relations with Cleopatra, which I know we will be talking about her as a queen card in the future. <laughs> and actually, Mark Antony and Cleopatra got together when he was married. Well, first when he was married to someone else, but then again when he was basically his previous yeah, Mark wife. Mark Antony, wow. They all got around. Yeah. <laughs> his first, or not his first, his previous wife passed away. And so that's why they wanted to marry um, him off to Octavia. Um, but at the same time, he's having children with, plural, <laughs> children with, with Cleopatra yeah. in, down in Alexandria. And he actually marries Cleopatra while being married to Octavia. And oh my! Yes. <laughs> so he just has two wives now. He was just, that was that done? No. So that's yeah. the thing. So he was married to her to 
Cleopatra, but they did so outside of Rome. So maybe in his mind, it's like, oh, it's okay because it's not a Roman marriage. Like when I'm in Rome, I'm married to this person. When I'm outside of it, I'm married to somebody else. Well, I've heard men in Rome, but I never thought it meant that. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I never thought it meant uh, when in Rome, you're married to uh, a different Octavia. person. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I uh, think he's, uh, you know, taking liberties with uh, interpreting yeah, but, marriage there. Yeah, there's a whole, and there's many reasons to go into why he did that, which I will gloss over today. But what I wanted to note with that is that she stayed with him, even though, you know, there was rumors that he was married to Cleopatra. You know, they had children and together, all these rumors things. rumors were obviously true. They were yeah. true. And, yeah. you know, her brother Augustus, or Octavian, was like you have to leave him. You have to divorce him. Leave his house. Yeah. You know, come yeah. stay with us. And she said no. Like if I'm married to him, I'm married to him, and I'm living in his house and raising his children. And this is what like this is how you do things, and this is what I'm gonna do. And so, so she actually yeah. stuck by his side, and for several years until he finally did. He divorced her, um, but even at that point, she's like not leaving. <laughs> Really, even yeah, though they were the divorced, she still like she he still didn't looked live after much long after that. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah he still she still looked after all of not only of their children. This was a crazy thing in my mind. Is she actually raised or finished raising his children with Cleopatra? Oh, okay. So you know she raised her own children with him and at, his children as well with someone as his else. Children with someone else. Like wow, that's... that like that takes a lot of love. That yeah. takes a lot of love. A lot, a lot of love. And yeah. she did it well. Um one of their daughters, um, what's her name? Cleopatra Cellini, married him her off to oh, Judah? Jugga? Oh, this is bad. Jubba? <laughs> Someone. <laughs> um, she got married off. She got she but but like again in the proper Roman traditional way. And so mm-hmm. she was able to teach them because they came when they were rather young, um, proper Roman traditions and values and education and, you know, rose, raised them, raised them yeah, she, she raised <laughs> to, in that way, in that system. That's incredible. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, it, it could have been so easy for her to just be like, no, you betrayed me, you know. Uh, kill all your kill children. all you I vengeance mean, I'm gonna couple. ride away in a chariot <laughs> <laughs> my brother's the emperor my now brother's the emperor all. all of you are dead to me right yeah. um, but instead she decided to you know nurture them and you know open her arms to them and refuse refused to leave them alone exactly that's, that's incredible yeah, yeah she refused her brother to be like no this is this is what tradition says they're very much traditional in that sense the romans that's like the moss maiorum is their traditional mm-hmm. roman values what their ancestors did so they had to do it as well it definitely takes a lot of humility i think to do that mm-hmm. um and to not really care about what people are telling you to do she just cared about strength yeah uh, yeah so much it takes so much strength to do what you believe is right Mm -hmm. um and to do it out of love I think is another thing right hopefully and that's that's the part that gets me about anything again written about women in antiquity is we don't Mm-hmm. we can say it's for love we could say it's for many different things we don't actually it's, yeah, know it's true it's but... possible that she just thought it was her responsibility mm-hmm. right but um, even if that was coming from that sense like then that does also show like her character in that way it does yeah like she's definitely 
definitely very like trustworthy mm-hmm. say. oh yeah extremely reliable extremely loyal yeah very loyal yeah yeah absolutely incredible so i don't know i think she fits with the queen of pentacles definitely and you know those were qualities i didn't really have time to talk too much about mm-hmm. um i also didn't really get a lot of time to talk about the queen of pentacles generosity <laughs> but is she very generous I, oh she's extremely generous yeah um because she, you know, is very much just wanting to sustain others. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she's she's not quite the same. She, do, she doesn't create life the same way the Empress does. But mm-hmm. she's very good at nurturing and sustaining and helping things grow and helping others grow. And Octavia. sometimes a little <laughs> bit self-sacrificing to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so are we? Yeah, we're pretty oh, much there. We're there. good. We kind of rushed through a little bit. That's good. That's good. Okay. Um, Yeah. Uh, So next week we are talking about the King of Pentacles. Our our finale on the Pentacles. Pentacles. Indeed. Yes. And then we get to talk about the swords after that. That's my sword. Um, that's your noise. sword sound. My sword sound. Uh, also, Biddy did this cute thing where she like <laughs> pretended she was holding a sword as she was making slashing. little, little flashing sounds. Yeah, that's not, not how it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, of course. Uh, it's the sound of wind passing over sword. Okay. Yes. Anyways, yeah. So, Queen of Pentacles, uh, definitely a very admirable woman. Um, she always shows up. Uh, you know, for different reasons, it's, and she's normally a person, right? So hopefully when, if, or when she will show up in your, in your readings, uh, for those of you who are practicing tarot out there, um, you can remember a little bit of all of these characteristics of this very, uh, worthy and incredible woman. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So if you want to reach us, Yes, all the normal ways. All the normal ways. Um, we are myth. I can't even think of our name anymore. Mythterolove.gmail.com. I am yeah. so tired. Yeah. Um, we're also on Instagram at Mythterolove. You can send us a message there. We have a Facebook group. Um, we'd love for you to join. Just facebook.com groups slash Mythterolove. Exactly. Maybe yeah, send parting. us any comments or questions mm-hmm. or whatever. Send us a <laughs> review. We like that. Yes, lot like that a lot. Okay, um, yes. So without further ado, I have a quote for you guys from the American Tarot Association. All right, the Queen of Pentacles is in many ways a bridge between the worlds of the mundane and the spectacular. Step across that bridge once you are ready, and delight in the opulence and pure beauty. Then you can return to the material world to help others find their way. You might not be acknowledged, but you will never be unhappy either. Stories, cards, and pentacles, and all of the above. 